in this episode, I may refer to the nano universe as distinct from the macro universe. But those two universes are actually one and the same thing, experienced differently or looked at differently. So what I'm actually talking about is uh, the nano experience of this universe compared to the macro experience of this universe. I actually enjoy uh, stuff that's not physics, by which I mean, you know, stuff that we can't measure. Uh, there's a lot of that around, you know, um, even physicists know that. Uh, you know, whatever triggered the Big Bang, for example, you know, or the, or the rapid expansion, or whatever it was, you know. Um, at the beginning of the universe, you know, even physicists know that uh, they don't know what that is, you know, what gave rise to that. Um, and there's a lot of other things that physicists can't measure either. And, you know, physicists, they don't say that um, that stuff isn't there. You know, like, like um, emotion, for example, you know, which they can't which physicists can't um, measure empirically, um, you know, motivation, things like that, you know, uh, consciousness probably. Uh, um, there's a lot of things that physics uh, doesn't know the answer to uh, yet, and there's a, a number of things that physicists are pretty sure that they'll never know the answer to, uh, like what gave rise to the rapid expansion or the Big Bang, you know, and things like that. Um, like, the, the, the one is, you know, the mechanism via which uh, life commenced on Earth. You know, that's, I'm pretty sure that stumps physicists. Uh, I, I was reading a Bill Bryson book on physics. I've got that book. My wife bought it for me. One of my favourite books. I haven't read it for since it was written. Um, but um, for a cell to exist, you need. You know, and, and I'm thinking about the very first cell that ever existed. You know, presumably there was that. You know, one day there was no cell, and the next day there was a cell. You know, there had to be a time. Uh, there had to be. You know, there, you can't do a slow transition from one state to another. Um, you can't have half a cell, you know, you can't have just a cell nucleus, you know, sitting there for a, a six months and then a, a cell wall comes trotting along and wraps itself around the cell nucleus that was busy, it was waiting for it. You can't have that uh, because the cell nucleus would die in a nanosecond waiting for the cell wall. You need those two things to be there at once, you know. Now, um, the cell wall and the cell nucleus, one can't survive without the other. You know, they're interdependent. Um, and, you know, there would have been a time when 
there was no no cell nucleus, you know, because there was a time when there was no life, you know. So that means there was a time when there was no cell nu- there was no cell nucleus in the universe. In the, oh, sorry, on Earth, you know. Um, now, um, because if there had been, it would have died, you know, in the absence of a cell wall. And vice versa, there was no cell walls in the universe, because if there was, it would have died, you know, in the absence of a cell nucleus, you know, straight away. Uh, I don't know how quickly it would die. I think it's a nanosecond, um, you know, ask a, ask a biologist. Um but then there was life one day, yeah, the first cell, you know, the first single-celled organism, if you like. Now, for that to have to have come into existence, you know, let's say in a in a you know volcanic hot pond or something, you know, in a marsh or something like that, um, somewhere in that marsh, um, a cell had to come into existence in a certain. Um, yeah, a cell nucleus had to come into existence, you know, which is possible. Isn't it made of, I think it's made of proteins and things like that, whatever. Um, yeah, it could come into existence. But at exactly the same moment that it came into existence, you know, just before it died, you know, in the absence of a cell wall, um, when it came into existence, at the very same moment, a cell wall had to wrap itself around it. At that exact same moment, uh, and in the Bill Bryson book, um, the um, he uh, had uh, Bill Bryson was a travel is a travel writer, and he had been speaking to physicists who were trying to explain this stuff to him, you know. And then Bill Bryson's trying to explain this stuff to me, and uh, and the physicists he was speaking to were pretty much in agreement that the odds on that happening by chance are one divided by far more particles of matter, you know, protons, neutrons, and electrons, that even exist in the whole universe. Yeah, that's a big number. Um, in fact, you know, it's, um, if, if nature is the sum total of everything that's in the universe, um, that something might happen against odds of one divided by that number, you know, yeah, the number we could assign to nature, yeah, you're talking almost supernatural there, you know, the chances are so low that it's almost supernatural, um, and, you know, you start to think along the lines of, hmm, okay, you know, almost supernatural, you know, just the, the, the mere fact that life suddenly popped into the universe, you know, a long time after the, the Big Bang, you know, we know that whatever gave rise to the um, Big Bang is, you know, by definition supernatural, because we know that all laws of physics, you know, as we understand them, break down, um, look, there are other, uh, you know, as you approach the extremities of the universe. Um, for example, you know, space and time, or as Hawking called it, space-time, you know, unfolds you know, from the moment of the Big Bang, theoretically. Uh, you know, time itself is unfolding, you know, because after one's, 
um, one second, you know, after the Big Bang, um, there is a, what Hawking called it, event horizon, where not even time can exist beyond that event horizon, horizon uh, because after one second, you know, even the, uh, most, ex- the most ambitious photon of light or, or some other radiation or whatever that was, you know, that was coming out of the Big Bang, uh, the most ambitious uh, photon of light, let's say, you know, making a run for it, making a dash for it, um, can't have gone, can't have got more than um, one light second away. You know, not that far away from the centre of the universe. So at that time, you know, time itself can't exist beyond um, three times ten to the power of eight. Yeah, three times ten to the power of eight metres, which is not that far, uh, away from the centre of the universe, you know. Uh, apparently that's the case, you know. So, so time can exist in that space that exists between where the initial Big Bang or, you know, rapid expansion happened and three, and three times 10 to the power of eight metres, you know, 300 mil, million metres, which is 300,000 kilometres, which is not that far, you know. Um, after one second, even time has no meaning beyond the space that is mapped out by, um, that is carved out by a sphere, you know, let's say a sphere of radius 300,000 kilometres, you know. So, you know, time itself is not an absolute, so to speak. It's constrained. Time itself is constrained. Um, It has no meaning. And space and time are connected then, you know. Um, Space and time are connected because, you know, space is putting limitations on time. Yeah, and time is putting limitations on space. I don't quite understand Stephen Hawking's space-time ideas, you know, beyond what I've already described. Um, He was smarter than I am. But look, I've got an advantage over him. I'm still speaking. He's dead. You know, (laughs) I want to be. Um, You're only as good as your last... You know, you're only as good as your last game, Stephen. (laughs) Oh, that was cruel. Um, Now, um... Yeah, space and time are kind of um, an interdependent uh, concepts, you know, are kind of interdependent concepts. And Stephen Hawking somehow, you know, said, uh, said, look, there's this one property that we might call space-time. Now, he could have called it time-space, but he called it space-time. Right. Um, I don't know why space got the nod, you know, as the lead operator. (laughs) Um, Okay. And uh, yeah, I find all that sort of chat interesting. That doesn't get me far. It just gets me pondering, you know. Uh, you know, there, there are bigger, th- there are things beyond what physics can explain. All right. Yeah. Now people say, oh, you know, that that means you know physics is limited, um, and um, it's it's not good enough, you know, to explain uh, my human experience. And uh, to that I'd say, you know, physics never said it was, you know. Physics always said it was limited, uh, deliberately so, you know, deliberately limited, um, you know. Uh, but you know, 
um, always searching to get bigger. But, you know, physics is not saying it explains everything. Physics is saying, well, look, what we, what physics explains, you know, this one, uh, is uh, the evidence-based stuff, you know, the subset of all things that are evidence-based compared to within, you know, the set of all things that there are. You know, like imagination, consciousness, big bangs, you know, black holes and all this sort of stuff. You know, whatever. Um, And people say, oh, that's a limitation of physics. And, uh, you know, a physicist might say, the very fact that we are limiting ourselves to a narrow spectrum of, you know, thought, yeah, is not a a negative. It's a positive, you know. It's power. It it gives us more power because we are able to... um, differentiate between that which is evidence-based and that which is not you know people say oh until physics can explain everything i'm not interested well you know you're the sort of person who'll never invent an iphone you know um physicists um sort of say well um no no we, we just want to differentiate differentiate between that which can be proved and that which can't be you know uh that which can be proved using our, you know, five senses, you know, aided by instrument instruments and all that sort of thing, like telescopes and microscopes and electrons, you know, sort of physics is that which, you know, is a, is a subset of everything, you know, it's not everything, it's a subset of everything, and it's only that stuff that can be te- detected by um, the senses. We're fine with that because... The purpose for which we want to use physics is only to aid the senses. So it's circularity, you know, and a deliberate circularity by the senses, for the senses, which reminds me of um, a podcast I did ages ago. All right. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, people say, oh, that's a limitation. You know, the only thing that, that physics is going to help is, um, you know, um, is to create knowledge and you know technology for example that's going to assist the senses you know to which physicists might say so take that you know you, you'll get your iphone and your penicillin you know you'll live longer you know grab all that while you can you know courtesy physics thank you very much give us you know checks in the mail um and we're not saying don't think about all the other stuff um, but we're saying we will concentrate we will limit ourselves to thinking about that stuff for now, and um, knowing that all the other stuff's there, but we're just going to ignore it until we can find some evidence of it, until we can measure it and put it to good use, um, you know, to create inventions, you know, like, you know, a solution to climate change, for example, you know, and physics, you know, is the cause and the solution, you know, um, all right, and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, so that's that, yeah, so... It's not, it's not a uh, limitation of physics that it can only um, come up with things, ideas, theories and all that sort of stuff and formulas and everything um, that um, match what our physical senses can detect but not what our imaginations can detect, you know. So, look, yeah, it's not a limitation that physics can't go, much, can't go any further than that. It's actually a good thing. Because what physics says is, we'll look after that stuff, you know, we'll look after your five senses, but, 
know, when it comes to your imagination and, you know, your dreams of God and all that sort of stuff and, you know, your consciousness and all that sort of stuff, over to you. You have fun with that. You know, we can't build consciousness machines. Well, not yet anyway, but if we find, you know, if we find a way, good. But at the moment, you know, you, you have fun with your consciousness. We'll just keep you alive so that you can do that for longer. Yeah? And we'll actually um, build you a few machines that'll make you more comfortable whilst you are thinking about all those lovely things. Um, you know, we will invent an air conditioner so that you can be cool in summer, you know, and um, we'll invent the internet um, so that you can listen to podcasts like this. Okay. So that's what physics is. There's nothing wrong with physics. Yeah. It's not in competition with religion, for example. They're playing different games. Okay. They're playing different games. You know? Now, in the realm of physics, um, energy, for example, to take one thing amongst all the things that... Um, the properties of the universe that um, physics gets interested in. Um, one is energy. Um, yeah, there are others like space, time, you know, space time, um, and um, yeah, gravity, mass, yeah, um, and all those sorts of things. You know, um, yeah, there's a lot of properties in the universe. Black holes. Uh, what has we got? I said space, didn't I? All right. So, you know, but there is a concept in physics. You know, amongst all the things that you can measure, you can measure, you know, um, time, you know, within the universe. You can measure time and you can... You, um, and we, we know what space is. That, it's, that's, it's that nothingness in between Earth and the moon, you know, except for the bits of air particles and all that sort of stuff. Right. Now, um... Uh, physics um, has, you know, in its toolbox of things that it can measure, this idea of energy. Now, measurable energy, you know. Now, uh, now um, physics has all sorts of formulas that help you uh, calculate energy, yeah, as it understands it physics energy um, you know for example you know if you're pushing a rock along a road the um, the energy you need to push that rock you know if it's a one kilogram rock and you need to push it two meters you know you need to um, it, the energy you need is the force uh, what did I say one kilogram two meters um, Anyway, force times distance, you know. So, is, uh, you know, it's not only <laughs> the um, mass of the rock that matters and the distance you're going to push it, it's um, how, um, how fast you're going to accelerate that rock in pushing it, you know. The force you're going to um, apply to that rock. Right. Yeah, anyway, we've got all these ways of calculating energy as physics understands energy. Okay, you know, force times distance is one, you know. Um, and, you know, like if, if a rock is moving, you know, we say that it has an energy, you know, not the energy that you had in order to push that rock. You know, once you do start pushing that rock, you know, some of the energy goes out of you and into that rock, and suddenly that rock is moving, you know, and then we have a formula that calculates it from that angle, you know, and we, that's half 
times the mass times the velocity squared, you know. And, um, and then we have other ways that energy presents itself in the universe, you know. And, um, uh, you know, for example, if, if mass in, a, in the nano world is converted into energy, you know, um, Einstein came up with a formula for that. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, you know, which you know, kind of reminds me of um, half mv squared, you know, because m mass times velocity squared, you know, half mv squared in a macro on a macro level, you know, that's mass times speed squared, um, and um, e equals mc squared is also you know m times speed squared, you know, speed of light squared on this occasion, um, but no half, you know, because things are a bit different, you know, in the nano world, you know, when you're, when you're obliterating mass and turning it into energy, um, anyway, um, so, you know, physics has this idea of energy, um, uh, and, um, it's a, it's a measurable kind of energy, and it's a, now, um, now, beyond physics, you know, I mentioned there was a whole sort of realm beyond physics, you know, and people apply, and, and, and there are um, emotional forces, for example, at play um, in that greater, that higher realm, you know, for example, um, you know, a person's motivation, you know, to want to... Um, be successful in life or something like that, you know. We can't exactly sort of, physics can't, I'm pretty sure physics can't measure that. You know, that's a different kind of energy. It's not related to the first energy. I don't think it can be measured in joules, you know. Um, joules being, you know, uh, newtons times meters, force times distance, or, you know, um, kilograms times meters per second times meters per second, you know whichever way you want to slice it. If you do all the calculations on that, it all, it all ends up the same thing, whether it's force times distance or half mv squared or mc squared or whatever. The units of measurement always end up the same, and the unit of measurement for all of that stuff is called joules, you know. Now, um, uh, we, uh, just for um, convenience, um, they didn't want to go around saying kilonewton uh, meters all the time, you know, or kilograms meters per second squared times meters, you know, um, all the time, you know, as in force times distance. So they said, oh, that's too, you know, it's too much of a mouthful. They said, let's just call it a joule, you know, um, instead of saying kilograms, meters per second, meters per second, you know, in the case of MC squared or half MV squared, um, you know, kilograms, meters per second, meters per second, or, you know, um, kilograms meters per second squared times meters you know in the case of force times distance which actually ends up the same if you listen carefully meters per second uh, kilograms meters per second meters per second you know which is you know e equals mc squared um is the same as newton meters because newton meters is kilograms meters per second squared which is a newton times meters so they both end up kilograms meters per second meters per second now, or alternatively, kilograms meters per second squared meters. You know, um, this is all stuff that can be measured, and that's physics. You know, but then someone might come to you and say, "Oh, yeah, but I want to talk about another type of energy—the energy of consciousness." You know, and I think your energy is is just 
a, a component part of this other energy. And physicists would say, no, let's just keep the differentiation going. Let's not mix it up. You know, our stuff you can measure, your stuff you can't. You know, let's keep it apart until such time as we can measure yours. But look, if you want to call yours energy, call it energy, and we'll call ours energy. But let's not sort of let's not blur and say it's the same kind of energy. Otherwise, we'll never be able to invent an iPhone because your kind of energy will keep will keep um, distracting everybody from concentrating on you know. Um, on you know focusing on that which is going to invent a new iphone and if you start saying you know oh um my emotional state you know um alters um you know you're about you're in a laboratory and you're going to do um an experiment and if you've got someone in there who's saying listen yes all right i'm happy to do an experiment that involves your kind of energy physicists you know where you can measure everything but i think our, you know, I think we should say a prayer before we go in to uh, make the experiment go the way we want it. You know, we need to bring some emotion into this, and uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, that is likely to destroy um, most research, laboratory research. You know, if people start saying it's in God's hands or. Um, we didn't love each other enough and that's why that experiment over there failed you know um or or, you know if you do an experiment and um and a photon of light does something unexpected you know and you say well let's just call that you know um the energy of you know the energy of the universe you know the emotional universe the god universe created that but let's let's not try and ex- let's try not to understand that because that's that's in god's hands and it's um it's a heresy to uh try and figure out what happened there you know if you bring emotion the other kind of energy the spiritual kind of energy you know into the laboratory um you're going to uh bring most oral invention to a grinding halt you know if that gets written up into the lab notes as well the idea of physics is to stick to what the sensors can detect you know without disrespecting the other stuff but not bringing it into the laboratory leave it at the door you know after we get out of the laboratory we'll you know all go to church and say a prayer but whilst we're in the laboratory leave it at the door because if you start saying things of god's will if you bring that other kind of energy you know, spiritual energy and all that sort of stuff in the laboratory you, you, dev, you know um, no matter what unusual things we discover in the laboratory or detect in the laboratory um, we're not going to be able to focus on what might be causing that in a physical sense because you'll keep saying um, things like um, you know the reason you know we've we fired a whole lot of um, alpha particles at a gold a piece of gold foil and most of them went through, but some bounced back unexpectedly. You're going to say um, that's because um, God is sending us a message that we have not uh, been loving each other enough, and we're never going to investigate thing in things, you know. So let's keep the two different types of energy separate. You know, let's not mix them up. Let's not disrespect each other. But we're not we're not competing here. You know, the physicists, we physicists are just talking about a very narrow sort of definition of um, energy, for example, you know, and everything else in the universe. And 
you're talking about, um, a, a, a completely different property of the universe that is not measurable, let's not mix them up, you know, that sort of thinking, you know. Um, so, you know, when two people get together um, and one of them is in, you know, has got his or her spiritual hat on and another person's got his or her physics hat on, um, you know, for them to, for number one, for them to argue about which definition of energy is right is a nonsense, absolute nonsense, you know, almost like their competition. It's like a priest and a scientist arguing about who, um, who are, you know, who's got the, the greater truth. Well, it's not even about that, you know. Um, physics is not even about truth. It's about a narrow spectrum. It's about a narrow um, study of a very specific kind of property of the universe, um, the kind of property of the universe, the kind of properties of the universe that, you know, the senses can detect. It's not about which one's right or wrong or which one's truth or not truth, you know. Um, it's not a, you know, oh, you have your truth and I'll have my truth. They're both true in their own realms, you know. Um, so, you know, if you have compassion, for example, you know, that's an energy within you, you know, different type of energy, not one that can be measured in joules, but if you have compassion for refugees, for example, um, that's, that's a true energy in the realm of, you know, non-measurable things, existence, um, and, you know, if you have the, the energy to push a rock off a road, you know, that's another kind of, um, energy in a different realm, the realm of physics, um, and, you know, to say is physics true or is religion true, well, look, you can have, be both of those things, they're not in competition, you can be compassionate for the universe, for, sorry, you can be compassionate towards refugees, whilst you're pushing a rock off the road, you know, they're not in conflict, you know, the different types of truth, it is true that you can push a rock off the road, right, that's physics. You know, and it is true you can have compassion for refugees. All right, you know, that's um, it's not physics. You know, um, yeah, you know, yeah, that might be part of religion, for example. You know, compassion, love, and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, and uh, or spiritual belief. You know, that can be part of spirituality. You know, your compassion for another human being, or for an animal, or for a rock, whatever your you know whatever your thing is. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but they're not in conflict. You know, they're not competing with each other. The priest is not competing with the scientists. In fact, plenty of priests are scientists. And what they're doing, they're putting their physics hat on when they want to push a rock off the road. And, um, well, look, you might get the occasional priest that just stands next to the rock and just prays prays for it to move itself. You know, Jesus could do that. Yeah, yeah, which didn't happen. Yeah, Um, that sort of thing. Um... It just didn't, you know, look, yes, of course, I have to allow for the possibility that Jesus could push a rock off the road with just a thought, you know. Like Darth Vader, I can kill you with a thought, you know. Um, But, you know, um, look, when you've got your physics hat on, it didn't happen, right. Now, um, but the two, the priest is not in conflict with the scientist, is what I'm getting at. And uh, now, I did have such a chat with someone recently, and um, she was talking about energy, but in that realm of non-physics... In the, in the realm of non-physics, you know, beyond physics, you know, in that realm where we do um, 
have imagination and compassion and love and all that sort of stuff. She was talking about energy in that context. And, um, and when she proposed, you know, when she was chatting about energy in that context, um, I actually accidentally had my physics hat on at, the t- at that moment when she was talking about that. And, um, and I, I looked at her askance in my mind my mind, you know, I said, uh, that's not, no, energy is measured in joules, how can you, what are you talking about, you know, that doesn't make sense, what you're talking about, compassion and all that being an energy, you know, everything in the universe being an energy, you know, that, which is what she was saying, that there is an energy permeating the entire universe, you know, if you looked deep inside an electron, she didn't say this, but I think this is what she's getting at, if you were able to look deep inside an electron, you know, something which physicists never have done, um, you'd find there's an energy driving that electron, you know, and all that sort of stuff, you know. Now, um, she was, she had that hat on and, um, and was talking about energy. Now, accidentally, I had the other hat on, um, my physics hat on, and I was um, sort of looking at her askance and saying, hmm, you know, no, 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 I was saying, no, 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 things like, you know, compassion, you can't say whatever's inside an electron is energy, before we've even sort of detected anything inside the electron, well, you can see what I was doing, Yeah, I was, I had my physics hat on, I was in the realm of physics, I was thinking of things like energy and mass and all that sort of stuff, um, definitions of um, energy in those realms, in that realm, the physics realm, and she was talking about energy in this other realm, you know, which is just a, an entirely valid realm. And, um, and I, it was me that made the mistake in trying to um, say that her orange couldn't be my apple. Of course her orange can't be my apple. You can't compare oranges and apples. She was talking about oranges. I was talking about apples. And I was trying to make her orange be my apple. And uh, I looked at her askance. Now, I was wrong to do that, you know. Uh, but luckily, you know, I tweaked to the fact that I was wrong. Now, the rest of this episode is me working through what I've just come up with there, you know, the different types of energy. And it must go for another hour, this episode. Um, and it's just me working up to the ideas that I have just expressed to you in this first segment, in this episode. So, sincerely, the rest of this episode is not worth listening to because I've just explained it better than I did you know, when I was fishing around trying to work out what I was trying to think about. You know, the stuff that's coming up is my draft for that which you just listened to. You know, it's my draft. Now, I should delete it, you know, everything that's coming up. Um, but I won't, I'll leave it there, you know, just for the record, but I sincerely say nothing that you will hear for the rest of this episode, um, will add anything, uh, on top of what you've already heard from me. Nothing you will hear from now on has any real value on top of what you have just heard already I would you, you should stop listening now I'm just leaving it there just for the hell of it now because I spoke it so I'll leave it you know what I mean um, and maybe I chuck a few jokes in there or that. it has no value 
the rest of this episode. So I would stop here if I were you, and I'm not joking, all right? It's your call, but there's nothing worth listening to in what's coming up. Okay, so yeah, go to the next episode if you want, or go and listen to something else. Your call. I won't explain what the following text message is about. It comes at the end of a long thread, a longish thread. I'll just read it and then it'll make sense afterwards, you know, maybe. Uh, and uh, it, it um, is about um, uh, the word energy and how you know, the word energy is used in different ways. In common usage. Okay. I reckon the energy that X was referring to is one meaning of the word energy. And the energy that physicists measure has a different meaning of the word energy. I actually bet that X's definition predates the physicists' definition and that the physicists appropriated the word and applied it to something much, much narrower, namely something that can be measured. And furthermore, in joules. I didn't say it in the text, but what I'm getting at there is that the other type of energy, uh, which is what people sometimes refer to as the energy of the universe, you know, um, the vibrations of the universe, uh, um, you know, spirituality and all that sort of thing, you know. Okay, having said that, you know, um, the rest of the text... The physicists, I think, should have invented a new word to avoid confusion. Uh, For example, a word like vivacity, in which case we would have, for example, vivacity equals mc squared. Okay, that's the end of the text. Now, having said that, I don't get into that other type of energy much. You know, the that energy that um, intuitively people feel must be sitting underneath everything in the universe. You know, like deep down within the electron. You know. The electron has mass, you know. But what's what's way down inside the electron? Well, we've never been down there. And a lot of people like to say, well, energy is down there, you know. And consciousness, you know. The consciousness of the universe, whatever. People throw words at it, you know. Now, I don't get into all of that much. Uh, and I especially don't get into it in a podcast like this, in an episode like this, because this, because this episode is um, physics-related. So uh, I don't get into stuff that I can't measure. I do suspect that all that stuff exists as well. I am actually uh, 
uh, I do have a, str- a very strong hippie streak. I really do, you know. I've, I've walked a long, a long road, you know, once I did in New South Wales with a Buddhist, you know, who had a crooked stick, you know. And, yeah, I've gotten into all of that stuff and I like it, you know. Um, I even tried to read the Bhagavad Gita one. So, you know, I'm into that. I'm fine with all that hippie stuff. But right now I'm doing a physics episode or a mini-series on physics. So I'm not getting into that, all that type of energy, you know, which is a, 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 an energy that has a loose definition. It could be anything, you know, and we definitely can't measure it in most cases. We just have this kind of feeling that it exists, you know. Um, the spirit, you know, of in the Essendon Football Club, which is taking a hammering at the moment. But, <coughs> but be that as may, as it may, you know, what I'm getting at, Unme- not very measurable. Um, uh, so I don't get into that. Look, by rights, I think energy should be used for all that stuff. Um, only because I suspect that's what the word energy used to apply to and that when physicists came along and, you know, said, well, you know, we know all that stuff probably exists but we can't measure it so we're just going to put that to one side. But we've got this um, property of the universe that we do know that we can measure. What will we call it, you know? Now we know about all that energy that you Indians have been talking about for 5,000 years and all that sort of stuff, you know, the Brahman. We know about all that, you know, and we know you call that energy. You know. Anyway, we've got this new, we've got this property um, with, uh, for a, you know, a property of the universe, and a, 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 a subset of all of that big stuff, you know, just one tiny little sort of a, a corner of the universe. And we want to talk about that, what shall we call it? Now, unfortunately, I think the physicists call that, called that thing energy. Yeah. When, um, when people were already using the word energy for something much bigger, yeah. and then I got together with a friend recently, and, uh, and she was saying, I think everything is energy, you know? But she was thinking about the other one, you know, the, the broader definition. Uh, but when she said that, I thought I was, I had my head in the physics cloud and I was saying, what, everything can be measured in joules, you know, um, but I was missing the point. I was missing the point, you know. Um, she wasn't talking about that energy. She was talking about some other energy, surely. Well, she had to be if she said everything was energy, you know. And if mass, for example, is energy, you know, you end up with uh, the formula E energy equals mc squared becoming energy equals energy c squared which is which makes no sense you know so it's clearly a different type of energy that she was talking about and uh and i really do think that physicists should have come up with a different word to avoid the confusion that existed between my friend and me the other day uh i've nutted it out now and that would have all been um, avoided had the physicists just used a word like vivacity, you know. Vivacity equals mass times the speed of light squared. Having said that, yeah, um, I think we're stuck with the fact that physicists 
physicists use the word energy to apply to that thing that they can measure and furthermore measure in joules so when people say energy from now on the whole universe is made up of energies you know i'm going to have to say right i know what you're talking about you're not talking about energy in the physics sense you're talking about something that's completely different you know yeah um to which they'll probably say yes of course yeah and and i'll and i'll look a lot less silly next time As is the case with pretty much most of my episodes, uh, I had to fish around a little bit in the episode that's coming up to discover what I was talk, what I was going to talk about, and um, what I ended up enjoying talking about most of all in the in what's coming up was uh, the idea that was an idea that was proposed to me. Uh, noting that the entire theme of this mini-series is quantum, well, physics, you know, or the quantum world, you know, the quantum universe, right. And the comment that was made to me, and it's one I hear a lot, is that it, we're all in, everything is in the universe is energy. You know? It's all really just the same thing, you know, and we, uh, because of our limited uh, perspective... We just perceive that, you know, like this thing that I'm driving in is a car and uh, and a bird flying by is a bird, but really it's all just blended. Um, they're all, you know, made of the same thing, so to speak. But not only that, that same thing is some sort of energy, you know. Now, um, you know, and in the following I kind of, explore that a little bit you know I, I, I just launched straight into it I like doing that uh, without thinking about it uh, but you know as I did think about it afterwards I thought hmm all right now I was imagining a rock sitting on top of a cliff okay now relative to um, the bottom of the cliff that rock has potential energy uh, because if it fell off that cliff, um, with that, it it, um, it would gather speed, you know, which is kinetic energy, you know, and uh, by the time it reached the ground, it would have quite a lot of kinetic energy, and the amount of potential energy that it had back at the top of the cliff, then um, we say uh, is equal to the kinetic energy that we know it will have by the time it hits the ground should it fall off the cliff. Now, even if it never falls off the cliff, it's still got that amount of potential energy, energy relative to the ground state, you know. Um, so, you know, we've got these ideas of energy already. E-N-E-R-G-Y. I spell it like that for a reason. Now, um, okay, but then, you know, that's on a macro level. Uh, then, um, as that rock is moving, it gathers uh, kinetic energy and loses potential energy. Now, this potential energy that it's got, that's interesting, um, because it's not kind of 
inside the rock really is it it's um it's um it's related to a certain, certain activity that the rock is able to do now we say that is we we put that like this in physics it is related to the work that that rock has the capacity to do yeah and the work that that rock has the capacity to do is um, to you know fall down to earth you know, and um, gather a whole lot of kinetic energy and then it, then when it hits the ground it transfers energy into the ground you know, all right which is dispersed you know um, okay now let me think about this um, so it has energy up there okay so it has energy all right that's interesting it has it and as it falls through the air it has a mixture of potential energy and um, kinetic energy you know and then when it hits the ground it loses its energy but the uh, the earth I presume collects that energy all right uh, you know in the form of you know uh, the earth shakes <laughs> and um, all and um, all the dirt at the bottom of the cliff squashes up you know and then so the energy is transferred into the ground um, energy is conserved you know all in the whole process all that potential energy still exists all that potential energy that that rock had at the top of a cliff still exists but now it's it's dispersed into the ground in the form of you know soil that's more compressed you know and maybe even heated up a little bit you know all right and um okay now the but what this comment that this person made was that that rock is also it is energy okay that means that it, it's physical um, existence is energy that's what they're really talking about they're not talking about you know it's kinetic energy as it flies through the air you know, which we measure in joules you know or kilojoules by the way um, so in physics we measure um, the energy that something has not that something is but something has as uh, in joules okay so the word energy, as we use it in physics, E-N-E-R-G-Y, um, can be measured in joules. Now, this energy that this person was talking about to me uh, was not that kind of energy, um, per se, uh, although, no doubt, she included that kind of energy as part of the tapestry of all sorts of energy um, that exists in the world, in the universe. Um, um, she wasn't talking about the energy that that rock has. She was talking about the energy, you know, she was proposing that that rock was energy in and of itself, whether it's at the top of the cliff or at the bottom of the cliff, Independent, independent of you know, the energy of you know being on tops of cliffs and the energy of falling through the air, you know 
like in a Roadrunner movie, and uh, landing on the ground and going bang, you know, all that sort of uh, physical energy, as we understand it in physics. She was sort of saying that all, and I'm, I'm certain of this, you know, she was saying that the protons and the neutrons and the electrons, um, inside the rock, that those, you know, those things we call matter in physics, matter, and we measure them in kilograms. Now, just remembering that when the rock is falling through the air, the kinetic energy that it has at any one moment in time is measured in kilojoules, and the potential energy that that rock has as it's flying through the air, you know, which it is fast losing, you know, to kinetic energy, um, is measured in, you know, kilojoules or joules, whatever. Um, but in physics, we say that we measure the um, whatever that whatever matter is. We measure that in terms of kilograms. You know, we call it mass. Okay, and we make a distinction between matter, you know, that which the rock is, and energy, uh, that which the rock contains or is doing, you know, or is losing or gathering, you know what I mean? Um, the activity of the rock, right? So making a distinction between what the rock is and what it has, you know? Um, now it has, when it sits, it sits at the top of the cliff, it has, it has energy, potential energy, uh, because it is able to, it has the potential to do work. You know, to do something. Yeah, look, if you've got a dead person on a couch, that person has no energy because it can't get up and turn the TV on, right? But a person who is sitting on the couch who is alive has the potential, has energy, contains energy within him or her. Now, um, you know, and that energy is provided by the food that that person has eaten. Okay. And the drink. Um, so, you know, but again, that's the, that's the energy that a person has. That person has the potential to turn on the TV. Even if that is only a matter of picking up the remote and pressing the button, it's still a certain amount of potential energy, and that's about as much potential energy as most young people have today, you know, as Socrates said, you know, bemoaning uh, the loss of virtue of the young people of his day. <laughs> Every generation, always the same. Now, um, so let, let's think about that. So the person sitting on the couch has potential energy. You know, contains energy within him or her, it, you know. Um, contains energy within him or her, as long as he or she or it is not dead. You know, that sort of thinking. Okay, has energy. But what my friend was saying, that just like the rock, this person is not only has energy, but is energy. You know, that person's mass. Yeah, and I won't get into it now, but no doubt, um, that extends to that person's psychology and spirituality and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, water has memory, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so, now, let's go back to the rock for a second so we don't have to talk about psychology and spirituality. Unless the rock also has memory. Um, actually, we saw Frozen 2 recently, and uh, the catchphrase was, Water has memory, you know. Um, it remembered a crime, and, you know, um, in that movie, uh, water, you know, 
what happened was there was a crime and there was water watching um, and the water saw the crime and um, and then later when it came time to go before the judge you know the judge being you know the main characters in the play you know, um, the water then daubed you know and said yeah yes we know what happened we were there we have memory and we remember it and we saw it and here it is and that then um, the water yeah presented itself as ice and made a hologram of the scene of the crime, you know, it was almost like a, a yeah, it was a hologram, you know, and then they made a video, the water made a kind of video of it, and they watched the video, um, the main characters in the book, and um, and the crime was solved, you know, because water has memory. Now, in real life, um, you know, because the whole theme of that Frozen 2, I'll get back to what I was talking about, I got bored there, so I've, I've shifted, um, was, um, the whole theme of that movie, was, you know, earth, fire, water, air. I'm not quite sure what fire is <laughs> myself, but earth, water, and um, air. Uh, we know that all those three things are the same thing now in physics. You know, we, we know they're all made of atoms. So if water has memory, I don't know why they made such a big deal about that, because if water's got memory, then so is air, um, and so is solids. In fact, um, when the water, I don't know how they define water actually, um, because the water turned itself into ice, um, you know, I think they're mucking up the old Aristotle version of earth, wind, fire and water there. Um, no, no, they're not. Um, but anyway, air, air is made up a lot of, of a lot of water as well, isn't it? So. If water has memory, then air has memory too, because there's water in the air. And I can't see why air wouldn't have memory anyway. In real life, actually, it's the Earth that has the real memory. Um, because archaeology you know, remembers great civilizations. You know, we've, we, you know, we find out a lot about the past through Earth. The water doesn't really tell us much, you know, except where it um, impacts on the Earth. But, oh, you know, it's all got memory. <laughs> because uh, even wind creates shapes in rocks. Okay, over long, long periods of time, but especially water does. Okay, now, um, so, um, what was I talking about before? I've forgotten, because I enjoyed talking about Frozen 2. Um, oh yeah, that everything has energy, you know. And um, let's get back to that stone. That's right, that's what I was talking about. The rock. Okay. Now, if it is energy, that's a whole different box of frogs. Because that's saying, and I'm not discounting it, it's a possibility, because even physicists, physicists enjoy the idea um, that there might be a unified you know, theory of physics. There might be a unified, you know, we might be able to unify all our laws of physics into one, in which case, you know, we would discover that everything is the same thing. And that same thing is what my friend was called en calling energy. Now, we have a very specific meaning of energy in the English language. Um, that, look, we have a, a strict definition that relates to, you know, you have to be able to measure it in joules and kilojoules. 
okay? And then we have this loose one, you know, where it's a bit hard to measure it in kilojoules and joules, but we know that that's the one we're talking about, you know, like that couch potato. Um, all he does all day is watch TV, um, pressing the on and off switch, but he's got energy. Look, we know that theoretically we could measure how much energy that is, you know, but it'd be a bit hard you know, to measure how many kilojoules he's got inside himself, you know, created by the food that he ate. Um, in order to press the TV on and off. And we know that's sort of very similar to the idea of this rock on the top of a cliff, able to fall down. Uh, but the, uh, the rock on the cliff is easier for us to calculate, you know. And that doesn't mean that it's more special in a way uh, than the couch potato, you know, just because we can measure it easier. But it, it just illustrates what energy is under our definition of energy a little bit better than the couch potato does, you know. Right, now, um, so, now, here's the funny thing. The, and can something have something and be something at the same time with that something, uh, with those two somethings being the same thing? Right, now, the energy that we uh, refer to when we're talking about the let's say the kinetic energy of that rock as it's falling we measure that as a function of its mass so it's 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 its mass multiplied by something Ooh. now this is a problem because if that you know and we say it has an amount of energy an amount of kinetic energy in that case and then the amount of kinetic energy that it has is yeah, its mass uh, meters per second squared. Its mass, yeah, well, it's actually half its mass times its velocity. It's going in kilograms, meters per second squared. Oh, it, yeah, it times its velocity. Oh, no, it's acceleration. Hang on, kilograms. Half mv squared. Oh, all right. It's its velocity. It's mass times its velocity squared. So it's not its acceleration or anything. It's its velocity squared, right? Kilogram times velocity squared. But however you think about what mass is, it can't be that kind of energy, right? It can't be that kind of energy. It has to be a completely different box of frogs. It can't be that energy because let's just for fun call mass, and, and, and we'll go along with my friend and say that. Mass is energy, yeah, because everything is energy, because that's what my friend said. Everything is energy. Well, let's say that mass is energy. <clears throat> now, the energy of, yeah, that's that's the energy, and, and I'll spell that with a double N, E double N E R G Y, just so I don't get confused with the other energy, you know. But let's say mass is energy with a double N. Now, the energy um, that we use to describe, you know, the you know the energy of um, that rock as it falls down, you know, the kinetic energy it's gathering and the potential energy it's losing, is its mass multiplied by something. Yeah. So it ain't its mass. Because it's its mass multiplied by something. You know? In the case of the kinetic energy, it's multiplied by its velocity squared. Now, so it can't. So the the two different types of energy are are not the same box of frogs. 
The energy it has is different than the energy it is. Um, so if everything is energy, yeah, and I suppose that means the activity of everything is energy too, um, then we've got different types of energy um, in the universe where one type of energy is another type of energy multiplied by stuff. Okay, so they can't be compared. They're not apples and apples. They're not oranges and oranges. No matter which way you slice it, even philosophically, even philosophically, got a problem there. We've got different types of energy. That's why I had to spell them differently, differently. You know, energy with one end and energy with two ends. So the rock falling off the cliff um, has um, has energy. You know, which is measured in joules, a certain type of energy that's measured in joules. But the rock is a kind of energy, which I spell with two Ns, um, that's measured in kilograms, and they're not the same thing. Uh, which starts to throw a curveball into the original statement that all things are energy. Because then, all right, if they're all, to if they're all energy, they're not the same type of energy. And if you're going to start spelling the different types of energy in different ways, um, then you might as well use different words if you're just going to spell them differently. You're just trying to trick people, really, by using the word energy vocally, you know, while secretly having different spelling. You know, one's called energy with double N, you know, E-N-N-E-R-G-Y. That's the energy that the rock is. And energy, which is what the rock has... E-N-E-R-G-Y, you know. Um, you're starting to get tricky there, you know. And if you're going to do that, then the energy that you refer to as, you know, the one that's spelled E-N-N-E-R-G-Y, well, why not give it a different word altogether? Because it's different than the other energy anyway. And as soon as you start doing that, you sort of think, oh, what different word will I use? And you sort of say to yourself, oh, what about mass? We'll use it that and we'll measure it in kilograms. And we'll measure the energy that the rock has as joules. You know, we'll measure the energy the rock is as mass, uh, as kilograms, and we'll call it mass. And then um, we'll measure the energy that the rock has in joules and call that energy, you know. And we're back to where we started then. We went right round in a whole circle. We got nowhere, you know. So it's one of those statements, I think, you know, everything in the universe is energy that sounds good. Uh, but when you start to investigate it, um, it, it it's okay, you know, but it doesn't mean anything. Now, there is still the possibility that deep down in the universe, you know, once we find out the nature of mass, we've started to investigate that, you know. And we know it bends space, for example, you know, thereby, have, you know, another way of saying that is it has the property of gravity, you know. Whereas um, um, a photon of light, you know, which presumably also has has energy, as well as being energy, you know, I believe, I, I imagine, you know, even though it's kind of a wave, but it's kind of particle too. All right, it gets really confusing if you try and call everything energy. It's sometimes easier to call things differently, different things, until you find out what the fundamental um, similarity between all things are, you know. Now... My friend was calling that fundamental 
unified thing that everything is, you know, and I'm not discounting the possibility that everything is the same thing, you know, but by calling it energy, my friend was appropriating a word that we use for a specific thing in lieu of having discovered the fundamental thing, right? So we've got all these different words. Because we haven't discovered the nature of the universe, because we haven't discovered the mind of God yet, if you like, um, and I don't believe in God, you know what I'm getting at with that. Um, Because we haven't discovered that, we sort of say, listen, until we discover that, we will make a distinction between all the things that um, present to us differently, you know, and we call one thing mass and one thing energy and one thing this and one thing that, you know, and my friend um, decided to say, well, the fundamental thing that we will discover one day, right, I'm going to call that energy and I sort of think, oh, we're already using that word for one of the specific things. So you're talking about a fundamental thing we haven't discovered yet, way, way down deep inside, you know, that is going to unify mass and, you know, space and time and energy and everything. We're going to find out it's all the same thing. Great. You know, by then we'll be God. You know, we'll have built the Tower of Babel and climbed to the top. You know, we'll be there. We'll have arrived. Right. And we're going to discover something. It's going to be one single formula that explains everything. Right. And then we'll go, aha, you know, um, epiphany, you know, and uh, we'll make a public holiday for it. And we'll say, um, we'll have a feast for it, a feast of the of the even better epiphany, you know, and we will say that there is a new fundamental thing in town and it unites mass and energy and space and time and everything else, right? And spirituality and everything, you know. We will find that fundamental unified theory of physics that even physicists have been looking for, and but not claiming they found it, and that religious people have said they have found you know, good luck to them. It's easy to say you've found it, you know what I mean? Okay. And it's easy for my friend to say that everything is energy. You know, that's akin to saying I believe in God, you know, or I believe in nihilism, whatever you want to believe in, you know. Anyway, so what what you've got there is not the, not, uh, the statement is fine, you know, everything is energy. You know, that's akin to saying, you know, God created the universe, you know, or... Um, we all come from the singularity, you know, at the Big Bang, you know. It's all the same sort of language. But the trouble with using appropriate, culturally appropriating, you know, using the word, appropriating the word energy and applying it to the fundamental thing is that you've got to double up. Because we're already using the word energy for a less sophisticated thing, which is one component of all the different things in the universe that we're trying to unify. One component. We're already using that word for something else and you want to use it for the unified thing. You need to... In- I don't think you should be using the word energy. It's already been taken up. Uh, because if you use the word energy for that, and the, and the word energy suddenly has two different meanings and you're pretending it's got the same meaning, but it's got two different meanings. You know, um, Right now, the word energy in the world has a much less sophisticated meaning, you're mucking around with language, not mucking around with truth, you're mucking around with language, you know, you're being illogical on a language level, not on a philosophical level, on a language level, because you're using the same word for two different things. It's a little bit like saying, um, you know, um, because if, if mass 
can be the same thing as energy, for example. You know, you're putting a, a, a an orange with an apple, you know, and trying to say they're the same thing. In some ways they are, in some ways they aren't, you know. They're related, all right? Um, you know, and, and that problem, that's like saying, how far away is Ballarat? You know, and, and the answer you would give is an hour. You know, because you, you know, it doesn't make sense. You're mixing up what you're talking about. So I think a whole new word should come into play for this thing that my friend was trying to talk about. She shouldn't be using the word energy. I've got a language problem with it. A communication problem. I think it's a communication problem that we've got here. Not a philosophical problem. You know, I'm fine with the philosophy that everything is energy. But I wouldn't use the word energy. I would use the word some other I'd pick some other word at random. I'd call it X. Yeah. Algebraically, you know. X, that thing that we don't we haven't actually sort of detected yet, but we know it. We we intuitively feel it's down there. I would call it X. And you know, other people call it uh, they have other words for it. Um, the singularity, another other people call it. And then other people call it God, you know. And then you've gone around in circles again, and you're back to where you started yet again. You know, because you've ended up saying, oh, you mean God. No, no, I don't mean God. No, I said, I don't know. I said, I don't mean, you know, an old bloke with a white beard sitting up in the clouds. You know, I mean the algebraic God, you know, that thing that we put in place when we don't know what something is, and we just put a placeholder there and say, you know, um, until we discover what it, the nature of it, you know, we, we will say that intuitively we believe that thing exists. You know, and that all things are the one thing. I think you know what they, you know what the word should be. Rather than saying all things are energy, I think my friend should have said, "Yeah, this is just a language thing. All things are one thing. O n e t h i n g as one word. You know, because in modern uh, internet language, we often join words together. So one thing, capital O n e." Capital T H I N G, one thing, you know. And if she had said to me, um, "Oh, I, I believe all things are one thing, a one thing," I might have, you know, might not have um, had to do this one-hour-long episode to try and unbefuddle myself as to what the hell she was talking about. You know, I think she might have wasted my time by using the word energy, which already had some other meaning, and applying it to this other thing that's in her head, um, which is not energy. It's just not energy the way we understand energy. It's a different type of energy. You know, in her head, I would hope that she was spelling it E-N-N-E-R-G-Y and not energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, the way we use energy. You know, because that's you're comparing apples with oranges. You know, that's like an old Enid Blyton novel, that, you know, where, um, where you know, there was a, was a Mr. Middle or Mr. Stupid, you know, or Mr. Mr. Confuse Everything. I can't remember who it is. Um, but, you know, someone would say, um, you know, why is a rake? And he would say, you know, six o'clock. You know, you're mixing things up. You know, Mr. Muddle, maybe that was him, you know. But, uh, that's it. Now, oh, there was one Mr. Middle, I remember, when Mr. Middle lived with his mum. You know, um, all in a blight and novels, you know bear watching um but um you to catch the train to work every morning and every morning he had his back to the carriage <clears throat> and um and when he had the his back to the carriage that used to 
upset him. Uh, some people can't drive backwards. You know, they get train sick. So he used to be getting train sick every day. And he came home to his mother and said, Oh, mother, um, I'm train sick every day uh, because I'm, I'm driving. This has got nothing to do with the episode. Oh, I'm just having a bit of fun here to finish off with. And uh, I, I've, I'm, I'm getting train sick every day because I've got my back to the engine. And she said, well, ask the person opposite you, you know, because this is in the days when we had those little compartments in trains. Um, and uh, ask the person opposite you if you can change places, and most people are quite nice. Uh, oh, thank you, Mummy. You know, this is this is the grown-up of, you know... Uh, the, 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 you should be inventing trains, Mr. Middle, or Mr. Muddle, whatever your name is, you know. And here you are, you can't even think for yourself, you've got to ask your mother, you know. Anyway, he went off. And um, he went to work, came back sicker than ever. And um, his mother said, didn't you ask the person opposite you, you know, if you could change places? And he said, I couldn't, Mum. And she asked why. She said, because there was no one sitting there. Mother's in it like the books, you know. They're deep. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that, you know. And all of this, that was a lot of chat there because, you know, I got befuddled by the comment. Everything is energy. I got befuddled because, you know, it's, it um, caused a disconnection in my brain, a glitch. And I, I think for my own purposes, I've solved that glitch uh, in all that chat I just did. Now, um, I'm going to let, you know, I should delete what's coming up because I've explained it better now for me, you know. But in my befuddlement, yeah, I created the following audio, so you might as well hear where my mind was going originally to get to this point, to be able to come back to the start of this episode and um, say it better and, alas, say it longer, you know, because I'm very verbose. You know. Okay, so here comes my original audio, and I started, I start talking about something completely different, you know, because I wanted to talk about the quantum, you know, the nano universe. Um, so I thought I'll start talking about Wi-Fi, you know, because that's an interesting way to start. You know, but then I started to fish around and I ended up talking about that other thing, that all things are energy. So a lot of my episodes, they start off a little bit random while I fish around thinking about what I want to talk about. And, and so it is the case with this episode. Coming up after a little bit of musical interlude... Chauvinist alert. Uh, yeah, before I go on, before I do go on and take you back to the earlier audio, um, uh, we're, and we're only, you know, I've moved away now from the debate about whether everything is energy or everything isn't, or not everything is. Um, I've moved away from that, and we're just talking language now. You know, this episode has moved on to language. It's left, it has left um, physics and philosophy behind. All right, uh, now semantics. So um, I, I, I was a bit of a chauvinist in as much as uh, I had it in the back of my head when I was speaking before that physicists had almost invented the word energy. Yeah. And now um, the New Age people have appropriated it and use it for their own evil purposes, you know. Uh, but I have to be careful there, stop, you know. 
Um, I, I haven't looked up the word energy in the dictionary, yeah, or in a dictionary of etymology or anything like that. And I'm not going to. This episode, my podcast is not about researching. It's about. It's not about coming up with answers. Yeah, it's it's about um, pondering stuff. At the look, my mum says that life is a journey, not a destination. So we're just going on journeys here and going around in circles, hopefully. I like going around in circles. I don't like getting anywhere. Right, now, um, now, actually, it's probably the case if I were to uh, investigate the origins of the word energy, maybe the New Age people actually have a greater right over the word energy than the physicists do. Maybe the physicists stole a word that used to have a much broader application and used it for a very limited application, you know, being um, the measurement of, well, what's the best way to put it? Um, The uh, capacity of something to do work. All right, now, uh, so stop myself here. Um, if the original word of, for the re- original meaning of the word energy related to, uh, was very broad spectrum, you know, and applied to those things that you can measure and those things that you can't measure, in short, just m- meant everything in the universe, really, deep down spiritually, psychologically, physically, you know, and was a catch-all word to just describe that essence of the universe, you know, and you could call just about anything energy back in the ancient times. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that is true, then the New Age people are just carrying on an old tradition, and that's fine, and the physicists should have come up with their own word when they wanted to um, have a, a... um, you, when they needed a word for a very narrow um, purpose within that universe, the physicists wanted a word to describe, for example, the um, that which a cricket ball possesses as it flies through the air towards the stumps, you know, being a mixture of kinetic energy and potential energy. The physicists... You know, uh, the early physicists, um, my friend actually um, made note of this, um, were quite comfortable with the, you know, the occult, <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the broader spectrum, you know, of spirituality and everything. They were a mixture between, you know, they were quite happy to jump between things they could measure and things they couldn't. But when it ended up the case that we sort of said, listen, then we know there are things we can't measure and can't know, and we know there are things that we can measure and can know. Um, when we've got our physics hats on, we're going to ignore the other stuff without saying it doesn't exist. You know, but we just want to uh, confine ourselves to only speaking about you know those things we can measure using our senses. Excuse me, I'm going to sleep. <coughs> um, anyone who cared um, would edit that out. Uh, right. Um, so, and when the physicists did say, listen, okay, yes, we agree, you know, 
and all the old, you know, Galileos who my friend um, mentioned. Uh, but Newton, I know, was into the occult, you know, and they were all natural philosophers as much as, you know, physical physicists and chemi chemists and so on. Um, they knew, you know, they were quite happy to entertain the whole bit, you know, the whole universe and even God and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they said, now, but sometimes um, we want to um, not be looking, you know, we don't have to look at all of that all the time, do we? Sometimes we just want to look at something more narrow and play there. And that more narrow thing was those things which can be measured, you know, which is basically physics. Um, with our senses, you know, they're, they're, yeah, that makes it even more narrow. Now, it's not invalid, you know, but the, I think the trouble is, you know, because I'm going the other way now, um, is that when the physicists decided to come up with a word for one certain uh, component portion of their new discipline, being physics, you know, which was itself just a small portion of everything there is to experience in the universe. For example, it excludes excludes spirituality. Yeah. But when they wanted a word to describe, for example, um, that which a rock has when it sits on top of a cliff, um, which could be um, turned into um, something that smashes into the ground, so they called it, yeah, they came up with the word energy. They came up with the word potential energy for that. And when the rock was moving, they said, we'll call that, we will call that kinetic energy. Basically, they used the word energy uh, for something with a very narrow perspective. When prior, I, I bet, energy had a much broader meaning in the language sense. Okay then, the semantics of it all has been sorted, you know, to my satisfaction at least. Uh, let's get back to my earlier audio, which I mentioned before, you know, in which I was just fishing around for something to talk about. We might as well have it as not. We've punched above our weight, you know. I, I think, um, Maybe the Americans invented the aeroplane, but at least we invented the black box. <laughs> we've invented, we've, we have invented a lot of good things. I think we invented the medical application of penicillin. You got no culture? Would you like a penicillin? Yeah, I've got a bit of a cold. Okay, here you go. You can, yeah. And now, um, I shouldn't pick on Nigerians. Could be anybody, you know, the Irish. Um, right, now, um, I'm Irish, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. You can't get out of it like that, you bastard. <laughs> I, I saw some comments from that. John O'Sullivan, his name is, who invented Wi-Fi. Yeah, him and his team, but mainly him. Yeah, you've got to say him and his team, because there's always people around people. Um, yeah, and Howard Florey, who I think was the, you know, the leader of the team, that developed penicillin for worldwide medical application. Um, I think, you know, his whole team was involved there, but he was, I think, a, the leader, you know, so he gets a lot of credit. So Australia gets a lot of credit for that. Good on us, good on ya, you know. Um, but John O'Sullivan, I heard, oh, you know, you don't get much fame, John O'Sullivan. Yeah, Beyonce. And Kanye West, they walk around saying, I'm the greatest. And they really 
don't do anything practical for anyone. They inspire people, blah, you know. But my God, John O'Sullivan, that thing you invented, you know, is there anyone on the planet not using it? Yeah, even Kanye's using that and Beyonce every day. In fact, Kanye's completely dependent on your invention, John O'Sullivan. Um, does it bug you, you know, that you don't get the fame, you know what I mean? And uh, I think he said, where's the effect? Nah, I got a lot of cash out of it. <laughs> Good on him. I like that. Um, and uh, because he was working for CSIRO, Australia got a lot of cash out of it. I think it's into the billions now you know, in royalties. Australia is raking in billions from that invention called Wi-Fi. So good on us. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Who cares if, if you don't get the fame? As long as you get the cash, you know. An electron and a photon, you can't just lump them together yet. Maybe we will find that they are the same thing way, way, way down deep inside them, somehow. But we haven't been that far down yet as physicists, you know. Maybe we will find they are the same thing fundamentally and we'll find a unified law of physics, you know, brings it all together, you know. We already have, say the religious people. We call it God. Well, that's how you clever. <laughs> Uh, it's not because it's easy just to say you have without proving it, you know. Well, we have. What? We have, say the hippies. I was like, what do you mean you have? I thought um, the religious people had that covered, you know. They, God, you know. They say it's God, whatever that fundamental thing is. No, no, it's, um, it's the vibrations, man. It's the vibrations of the universe. It's Brahman. Oh, all right. Well, how about you two blokes argue it out and I'll just sit over here um, and you have that little philosophical argument over there without proving anything and uh, and I'll sit back here and invent an iPhone and sell it to you. How's that sound? Okay. Cool, I said. Yeah, that'll make us that'll make me a lot of money. Uh, someone uh, only, what was it, La uh, the night before last, was uh, uh, saying to me, I've heard this one before, you know, everything is energy, you know, everything in the universe is energy, you know, which it might be, you know, it uh, depends how you define the word energy then, doesn't it? Um, but that doesn't matter, you know, everything is energy, you know, um, which, by, by which I understood to mean that um, matter is energy, you know? Things that have mass are energy, you know? Which makes the uh, Einstein's equation a little bit strange uh, because, and I, I make mention of this in a second, uh, because, you know, this little snippet of audio is leading up to another piece of audio. Uh, but, yeah, people say everything is energy, you know? But we've got this equation, E equals MC squared, you know? Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared well if everything is energy then mass is energy and uh, you know that's an energy equals energy s s times the speed of light squared energy equals energy times the speed of light squared which obviously doesn't make mis make sense um, so we're gonna have to um, define different types of energy then aren't we probably if mass is energy you know because this person I was talking to did say mass is energy 
Yeah, everything is energy because when they said, well, by saying everything is energy, they said maths is energy. All right, look, I'm just going to run with that person's idea for fun, you know, because we have to. All things considered, you know, there's a radio station called that in America. Uh, Anyway, look, if I'm going to consider all things, then I have to consider the idea that mass is a form of energy, you know. Um, But then it has to be a different form of energy than light. Um, In which case, um, it gets back to, you know, how you define energy. Oh, well, I define energy as mass. You know, that type of energy anyway. Well, then why don't we just call it mass? Uh, Because I like to call it energy because it makes me feel blended. Everything is energy. You know, I'm saying, oh... But it's not the same as the other energy, is it? You know, the the light energy, you know. No, no, it's different, but it's still energy. All right, so it's a matter of definition then, you know. Um, So I can call a giraffe a cow, can I? Well, I suppose so, yeah. But look, let's run with the idea anyway, because this person did tell me that everything in the universe is energy. I forgot to ask her, what about space? Oh... Space is a property of the universe. Is it energy? I don't know, you know. Well, she would probably say, yes, it is. And I'll say, but it's space. Uh, Is it energy? How can it be energy? How many joules is it? You know what I mean? She says, oh, no, no, you're not thinking outside the square. I said, all right, I'll think outside the square. Okay, space is energy. A very different form of energy, is it? Uh, What about time, you know? And you could go on and on, you know. It gets ridiculous. But let's just entertain it for fun. small amount of mass if that's converted into energy what you do is you multiply that mass by the speed of light which is a really big number by the speed of light again and uh, that that tells you how much energy will be released if that bit of matter even if it's tiny is um, converted into energy you know and um, you know hence Hiroshima and Nagasaki you know kaboom you know tiny little bomb whole city blown up you know that sort of stuff that's what e equals mc squared is all about heads up yeah that's right um heads up uh i you know i was trying to think how i can think of mass as energy and uh, in the in the next bit coming up uh, I I find a way to think of it as potential energy which is a form of energy uh, not a potential energy you know <laughs> that of the sort that you know like a rock sitting up on a cliff you know has gravitational potential energy not that sort of potential energy but a different sort of potential energy you know in as much as it could be turned into energy um that's what I came up with anyway. Now, look, it might be even a deeper form of energy, you know, uh, the, the, whatever the fundamental property of mass is, but my brain doesn't extend that far. So potential energy just for now is the best I've got, you know. But there are other people who, you know, say that everything is energy in the universe, uh, matter is energy, and they probably have a better understanding of what matter is is than I do what mass 
is. Yeah. From my perspective, all I've ever heard is mass is, you know, some sort of space-bending sort of physical property uh, with gravity in it, you know. So whatever they're talking about when they say mass is energy, you know, it has to contain... That form of energy has to contain gravity, for example, and uh, you, know, you start to wonder how you can bring all that back to joules and kilojoules and all that sort of stuff when they say energy how to bring that all back to joules, you know, how to measure it as joules, you know, and it gets tricky, and it gets back to the definition of energy as well, you know, so, so, you know, all these things, you know, but we're not in a rush, we have plenty of time, even if it takes us a hundred episodes to get there, we'll find some joules, you know, because we measure mass in kilograms, Um, but my friends are measuring it in joules somehow, and I don't know how they manage that, you know. Uh, um... Alright, okay, I'll leave it at that. But I'm thinking if matter, mass, can be turned into energy, then it is potential energy. Is this going up the wrong garden path? It probably is, you know, but I'm going to stick with it for a bit and, you know, maybe abandon it another day. But just at the moment, there's something... Yeah, interesting about that to me anyway. Yeah. Because if E equals MC squared, E equals MC squared, energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, you know, so that theoretically, you know, if you had a bit of mass, um, uh, the amount of energy that um, that could be turned into equals that amount of mass times the speed of light times the speed of light, which is a huge number, you know. Um, A lot of energy comes from a little bit of mass. But the fact that energy comes out of... that mass can be turned into energy in my brain right now is is making me think that mass is a a form of potential energy in its own way. You know, it could potentially be turned into energy, mass. Therefore, it is potentially energy. Am I going up the wrong garden path? Look, just, you know, uh, walk up that garden path with me for a bit. And we may come all the way back another day. But just at the moment, I'm attracted by the idea. Uh, and um, and if I've lost you, <laughs> like I just lost me, then go and listen to someone else's podcast, some physicist's podcast, not mine. Uh, No, I'm abandoning it now, that idea, uh, because I just had a thought about how I can tie all this together uh, for my purposes, and I'm going to have that thought aloud and put it back at the start of this episode, which you know I've already done, because by the time you've listened to this, you've heard the start of the episode, which I recorded um, well after what you just heard, Confused yet? Well, let's put it this way. This episode's finished.